0: We know we have Discord, we know we have Beer News
1: We know um, we have these things in the dock all the time But I always manage to screw them up
0: Yeah, that's. I, I think it's a, running, it's a good Running bit at this point It'd be weird if you didn't mess them up
1: Sit back, relax And enjoy the warm sounds of the Beer Engine Podcast With Griff and Tony
0: Hey, what's up everyone? It's Griff. Another episode of the beer engine podcast. Um, boy, Tony, it's the, we were just talking about this and I got to say for the last hundred or so episodes, you, if you've gotten anything right, you have pretty much played the intro music almost every single time before our show. It's amazing.
1: I know it's the one thing I can get right most of the time, and most of the time I don't have the volume level slammed, so it it doesn't (laughs) deafen people.
0: Yeah, that's pretty good. Um, So everybody's got to be thankful. Sometimes you just got to be grateful for the stuff you have. Um, You know, we don't get all the sound stuff, you know, right. We don't get uh, our commentary on stuff is usually dated or uh, even offensive. Uh, Sometimes we are are not are we these games games we write or somebody writes for us i don't know whoever writes them or i feel really lazy or stupid or pointless but you know you're we're here and we played the intro so it, it just means you have another hour and then 20, 20 30 40 minutes of this left so that's cool uh it's tony i it was um. It's been it's been a tricky uh. It's been a tricky week here in the United States, as they all are. Uh, a fairly um uh, uh, active one, anyway. So uh, I don't know if you had if what you had heard about that there, Roe versus Wade.
1: Oh, that was so there. long ago. I'd I'd forgotten yeah. about Roe versus Wade. That well,
0: was it was merely <laughs> merely a few days ago. Even yeah, I think Friday was the day that it was because yeah, we've had a lot um, going and, uh, on since
1: we've got um donald trump trying to take the wheel from the back seat just
0: take the wheel yep um we've got right. um we got we had Donald Trump throwing the the ketchup yep and we had uh,
1: and we've got we a, that, um,
0: what, that secret service guy getting choked
1: yep and out. we had that accident in the mobile sauna down in Texas
0: now that one I don't know about what's that
1: Well, it wasn't a mobile sauna. It was a people smuggling operation.
0: Oh, I did hear about that. Yeah, no, that was not good. No. No, Not, not, highly not excellent that. Um, Well, in the midst of all the turmoil, the the general turmoil here where, you know, people are losing their rights uh, frequently, which is pretty much the case. It's just this was more publicized at least. Um, and is obviously very bad and worse than most of the other things. But um, we do we do have a nifty way of taking away people's rights here, uh, <laughs> either quite- extrajudiciously ju- extra or uh, through the uh, half-assed legal manners that they tend to, to pass them through.
1: It, it just to me shows the um, the shittiness of all three arms of government in the US. And the the Supreme Court has managed to fly under the radar. Don't get me wrong. They're not a great branch of government. But it wasn't until Trump and the Republicans were able to stack it again and get ourselves, get yourselves, not ourselves, get yourselves a really shitty Supreme um, Court makeup when John Roberts occasionally looks like a sane person. He's maybe. a fucking yeah, like a, job. And,
0: yeah, he's a whack job and yeah.
1: he, he's just less of a whack job than the other five justices on or <laughs> well, four justices the, on the, the right us. wing court on the right wing side of the court. It's, uh,
0: well, at any time when the whole thing is the whole thing is one, one lady having like a blood clot or something from melting down, then you know that maybe that's not the pillar of democracy that maybe we once thought it was, huh? Uh, it's it's not good, it's no. not good. But um,
1: yeah. But was it ever really a pillar of democracy? It was. It, was, no. it just happened to be no, times where it, it seemed more competent than what it
0: actually is, and it's and, I think and it's, it's right a microcosm, a microcosm for the U.S. More seemed more competent than it is. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's it's mostly you could encapsulate a lot of the history of the U.S. And oh boy, oh boy the aren't we excited for the. We're, we're so excited for Indip- Independence Day coming up, Tony. Uh, I will be, um, I will probably, as usual, not do a lot of. I'm not the most, if, if you guys can't tell from the last hundred or so episodes, not the most patriotic fellow on earth um, that you might find over here. So I might, I might, but I may, you know what? I'm still going to eat a hot dog because I am Chicagoan and I'm off work. So those are two things that any. Any Chicagoan on a day off work will be eating a hot dog, so I can still do that.
1: Well, then can I recommend something for the um, non-jingoistic listeners um, of this show? Uh, if you're going to take down a hot dog on the 4th of July, pull yourself up another podcast, a competition to this show. Well, not really. Or, or listen to this one is fine,
0: or listen too. listen to this one. But do not turn off the podcast right now to no, no, listen no. to Tony's podcast.
1: No, no. But what I'm recommending is a behind the bastards specific episode on Nathan's hot, the competition around Nathan's hot dog. dog. Yeah. Yeah. And the guy that does the intros. Um, I love that
0: guy.
1: That guy is a huge piece of shit.
0: A huge piece of shit. That huge asshole and I hope he uh, falls into a big hole.
1: He is a huge racist piece of shit. Not mm. racist because um, he ha- holds any deeply rooted beliefs, but just because it's uh, profitable to his bottom line to make Kobayashi to be the villain. Um,
0: oh, yeah. And I Ko- never watched the, that thing. Oh.
1: Yeah, Kobayashi, by the way, a true, true um, genius of a man is... Yeah. He just has um, like personal eating displays now. Doesn't eat competitively. Just like he, I don't know whether he lives in Japan or America, but he just like gets a group of friends together and they watch him eat. Like he just well, he, does it for the joy of it.
0: You know the uh, the Black Widow um, lives here in in Las Vegas.
1: Is that Tim Janis? Oh, is that no, no, that's Sonia the Thomas? Lady.
0: It's, it's, it's Sonia Thomas. Yeah, she yep. lives here in Vegas. And there's another lady who's a very who's a very um, petite woman, uh, Asian woman, who does eating videos on uh, YouTube or on Instagram. And she just goes to all my favorite places, though, and just houses like <laughs> six bowls of noodles from Shang Artisan Noodle. And I'm like... Oh my God! Look at that! I'm like, just fucking turn me on! Oh, <laughs> damn it! Hold, trying to hold it together. Well, um, if
1: you want to bag some of that sweet, sweet competitive eating veg, um, I would recommend <laughs> that you actually join the competitive You're not eating to me, circuit.
0: Of course, yeah, right. Yeah,
1: because um, yeah, competitive eaters are notorious for banging each other. <laughs>
0: They are. It's a real uh, thing. Fucking STDs around HPV is the most consumed food on uh, the competitive eating, the competitive eating tour. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of being able to competitive eat something, they just the White Castle here did open. I haven't been there yet, but it's the White Castles are the one thing that because I am a fast eater, I'm not a great, I'm not a, a typically an eater of massive quantity. But I, I do eat very quickly. I eat like I'm I'm in prison for some reason. I couldn't tell you why. Probably something to do with Drum Corps. But um, <laughs> I uh, I I could eat. I think I could eat fifteen White Castles in about three and a half minutes. Something like that. Ooh. just go down so easy. It's probably more than that. It's probably more like five minutes. But I bet I could do it. And they're they're so well like lubricated already. Yeah. Because uh, they're just all steamed up in there together. And I could just. I think I could just house them, especially if they're hot.
1: I, I think we should next time I'm out have a speed competition for white castles. So let's set a number because I, I like much like you, like I can't eat huge quantities, but I eat quickly as well. Don't know why. Yeah. But yeah, yeah I reckon I could I cool. could outpace you. I reckon I could uh, right.
0: get those down in yeah, I, four I and mean, a half minutes. I, all right, let's. I, we, you know what? We'll get a crave case. We'll see. We'll see what kind of damage we can do in five minutes. I think that's probably the move. We can, let Brian, we can let Brian come in on it. I don't think he'll even. He's he's now. The funny thing is, my dad, my dad is like notoriously an insanely slow eater. He same with eat, my old he'll man. You eat the same plate of food for like it will just go on forever. I'm like, yep. <laughs> <laughs> What are you doing? That's not more important than eating right now. He's like reading a book or something. I'm kind of like,
1: well, I, my old man, he was eating a um, egg and bacon McMuffin. And, mm. like, you normally mm. eat front to back,
0: correct? Sure.
1: Except he rotated with, it I every in, bite. I
0: wipe and eat the same way. Yep. Go ahead. But he
1: rotated it every single bite, so it got smaller <laughs> and smaller. He's eating it in, like, a star and pattern. <laughs> it's like, what <laughs> it's are you doing?
0: Clever.
1: Why are you eating yeah. it in a circle? Just, like, <laughs> eat it front to back like a normal person.
0: Very strange. That's good. Yeah, parents are crazy, man. It's wild. Um, Tony, you, you, speaking of fast food, actually you, you got a little, um, you guys had an exciting fast food pop up a mere, however, 14 hours from where you live. (laughs) I I would, I would guess. I don't (laughs) know how how far it is for you to get to Sydney. Um, at the, you had a pop up in Sydney of a famous burger joint. That's literally 30 seconds from my house in in and out burger. Um, and, uh, looks like, yeah, hundreds of Aussies queue for hours around the block to get their hands on a burger from us. Burger chain in and Out's pop-up store in Sydney. Uh, they were in Sydney's East village to, Oh, uh, would have been what yesterday. No, it would have been two days ago now. Two days you. ago. Um, so yeah, it was on Wednesday, a double, double animal style and protein style burgers. They're doing lettuce wraps.
1: Yep. Um I think all the variations the were available.
0: Um,
1: so yeah, I
0: the whole—I mean, the whole menu is like five items. So it feels like they probably just kept the whole thing. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, and um, it looked like it was just an empty space that they found, and uh, yeah, absolutely um authentic by the look of it. Would have been delicious. I'm not sure it would have been the weight. It looked fantastic. Yeah. Why would you queue for hours for In-N-Out? I love In-N-Out, but it's something that's readily available um, for a non-wait. Why not hop on a plane, fly for 12 hours, wait five minutes, get yourself a burger, and then fly back? Yeah,
0: I can go and wait for, you know, I'll still have to wait for a few minutes, especially if I go at, you know, kind of peak hours, um, you know, lunchtime or... We're around 8, 8, 9 PM or so, um, yep. but I can, uh, I can get myself my hands on a burger in, in pretty short order here at the, at the one at Sunset or whatever that is. Um, which, do you think they made a mistake? Is is In and Out un, uneducated on on Australia? It feels like if you wanted to make a dent in the food and young person crowd in Australia, you would have gone to Melbourne. Is that is that? Uh,
1: wrong? They've, they've been to Melbourne in the past, <laughs> oh. but. Are they really looking to move in on, on like, as a foodie thing or a, as a trend thing? If it's a trend thing, Sydney or Melbourne, they're both on, on point, on trend. Sure. If it's a food based movement, then yes, Melbourne is definitely um, ahead of Sydney, especially on a street food scene. But I wouldn't think In and Out are coming in to revolutionise, like, Melbourne food. Yeah. They're, they're there as a, a trend, it, it's, it's great a for them.
0: Uh, could, have you had any other things like that move into town ever? Any other pop-ups or is it just in and out? Uh, well?
1: Taco, Taco Bell have done um, pop-ups. Mm-hmm. Um, I th- believe Shake Shack might have done a pop-up. All
0: right. Um, That's pretty good. good.
1: Yeah. I'm just trying to think of any other chains that have – I feel like there's a couple of others, but I can't actually – I don't like them.
0: Shake Shack, dude. I'm trying – I'm gonna go over to Shake Shack and get this I got this bourbon bacon and cheeseburger right now that I kinda want. Looks good. It has something, it's got some like it's gets a sauce or some shit, right? It's got some like, like maker's mark barbecue sauce or something and yep. some onion strings on there. That sounds good though.
1: Yeah, it does. And who doesn't love a, a smash burger at the end of the day? Um, yeah,
0: shout out for Smash Burgers.
1: Now, forget about fast food chains. Just any food in general. What foods... Or restaurants, would you be willing to wait hours in line for?
0: Okay, so I talked about how we waited for an hour and a half to go to that Morning Glory place. I think I brought that up. Yep, did I talk did. about that last week? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was good as hell. I would do that again. Uh, an hour and a half, though. I, I don't know if uh, I did. I didn't wait four hours to eat Au Cheval in Chicago. That's like a burger, fancy burger diner. And I walked up there at like seven thirty, and they were like, "Yeah, it'll be four hours." And I'm like, "No, nah, I'm good. And that's cool. <laughs> Thanks." Though. It's just it's just a hamburger. Yeah. Um, what would I wait a while for? Boy, I don't know. I mean, the thing is that I have so much stuff at my fingertips that it's hard to convince myself that there's anything that like I would be willing to 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 have to to have to sit through well people will wait for the free jack tacos jack tacos for um for a whole day and it's just nuts because they're like a dollar 99 or whatever no
1: the thing i'm i'm thinking of because i just i'm a little bit behind i haven't finished a full season of somebody feed phil but the main episode there were two items (laughs) on the main episode that i would be willing to line up for first being the duck fat fries the loaded fries um, they look delicious, and oh,
0: Maine, yeah, okay. yeah. Okay, yep,
1: yep. And the other one would be a quality lobster roll. I would be willing sure. to wait for that sucker to be drenched in butter. I'd be willing to wait a yeah. couple
0: of hours for that. I guess that's the tougher question. Yeah, I, I, I keep thinking I just have everything so easy at my fingertips that it's hard to imagine having to wait for something. But if I were in some sort of desperate situation where I had to sit <laughs> and wait for something. I, I could see my you know what the the thing would be especially if it showed up here in Vegas would be that goddamn hot dog from that place in Iceland from the uh, the Icelandic like signature lamb hot dog with the, okay. all the different sauces and the and the crispy fried onion strings and stuff on there which I could eat like seven of those it's another one of those things that just like it goes down your gullet so quickly you're just like ah it's gone um, it's like a White Castle hot dog but it's, it's oniony and like the lamb is so nice in the dog. Like it's got this like light sweet taste to it and all the, uh, the little sauces on there. They have this like honey mustard stuff on there and the remoulade. Mm, that shit is extremely good. So, yeah, I would sit I would sit and chill out for maybe like an hour and a half, two hours to get my hand on some Iceland dogs.
1: Oh, I was just wondering how the cultural exchange would go between the US and Australia. Okay, you've exported in and out. How about... The Bunnings snag, how would that go? Would we get lines around the corner in Las Vegas for a Bunnings I think snag?
0: Las Vegas, Las Vegas would be your best shot. We have a lot of Australians here, so yep. if uh, if if Home Depot, if somebody took over the Home Depot hot dog Parking cart hall. and started making yep. the Bunnings Bunnings snags, I would be there to get one. I know that because I want to try it, but. Um, yeah, I think you'd get you'd get a nice handful of Australians here. We have two, three Aussie pie places here in town now.
1: I, I know you've tried one—the the dude from Thundering mm-hmm. Down Under. Um, have you tried mm-hmm. any of the other places to see how their their meat their not traditional meat
0: pie stacks up? They're far, Tony. Oh
1: no, I have no. to
0: go up to the north. I have to go up to the north side, um, which I can do. It's not hard to do. It's just yeah. like. You know, you got to go up there. Next whatever. time you go to the Speedway, I, I, I know you're hanging out here. at the
1: Speedway all the time.
0: Duck by and grab a few pies. You know, I love, yeah. I'm hanging out at the uh, at the Summerlin Mall or whatever the fuck that shit is. And the, uh, I was just up at the baseball game up there. Um, and I was, I just, the whole time I'm in Summerlin, I'm like, what is this? This is, this is it's like Oak Brook you know, for my Illinois heads. It's my, Oak, it's Oak Brook, Oak Brook. Las Vegas style. It's it's now, very very mafia like.
1: How were the beers at the formerly Las Vegas fifty twos game,
0: whatever they called it? Fifty ones.
1: Fifty ones, sorry.
0: Um I actually did not drink any beer. I uh, I had I sort of pre gamed a little bit um at Silver Stamp and then hoved over and I sort of just took it easy during the game. Uh we had kids bouncing around uh, us. From an un- unnamed parent, gotcha. <laughs> uh, <laughs> who you might know, who yes. may have appeared on the show, um, and and we were just sort of wrangling and chilling, and I ended up eating a Dole Whip instead of drinking, which was actually also very good too. Um, but yeah, no, uh, the beer—they have a couple of like house-made beers. Tanaya Creek, Tanaya Creek makes their makes their beers for them, and they're decent. They're pretty good. Um, and then they have a shitload of 805 and Bud Bud products, and um, you can all you can also get a. I, the thing that looked most attractive to me was the frozen watermelon margarita because it was hot as shit.
1: Yeah, would have so been, uh, I was high up
0: a frozen frozen watermelon margarita sounded pretty good. And I would have got on that.
1: Oh, that was the most Brian Malika move ever. Um, <laughs> continue, Griff.
0: Tony had to go jerk off. He, had an emer- he got emergency horny. <laughs> uh, that would be the most Brian Malika thing ever, with not it?
1: <laughs> I hope he's never done that. I hope that was always pre-show.
0: Yeah, exactly, but he's he's um, he's never going to hear this. He's one of the only, he's he's one of the few people I know who has sort of emergency. He he does get emergency horny. He's just one of the. <laughs> I don't, I tend, I tend to keep, I tend to be able to get horny when I need to, when I need to turn up the, turn up the heat, you know, When I got to turn the volume up. I'm ready to turn the volume up when I, when I need to turn the volume down, I can manage to go to work. You know, it's pretty good, but actually Tony had to go take a, take a massive dumper. It's cool. Don't worry about it. (laughs) Cool. Cool. We're proud of you. Thank you. Um. Yeah. Uh, Tony, I, I went and watched the baseball, and the 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 aviators there were playing the Albu- Albuquerque Isotopes. And Simpsons, my Simpsons fans will remember a specific episode where the, uh, of course, the Springfield ball club was called the Springfield Isotopes, and there was an episode where they were going to move the team to Albuquerque, and Homer goes on a hunger strike, and. Um, now, the joke is that at the end, he, he finally gives in. He's going to eat a hot dog, and the hot dog has, like, mango, lime, salsa, and jalapeno relish and mesquite grilled onions, I believe, on it. And um, he goes, those are southwestern ingredients. <laughs> and um, and then and they all look at the paper on the hot dog, and all these papers say Albuquerque on them. <laughs> but... Um, Uh, So eventually he gives in, but they also, so they did have a, they have a a opponent burger at every game. Um, Like a burger themed after whoever the team's playing, whoever the aviators are playing. And they had a, uh, they had an Albuquerque burger, which had Southwestern ingredients, but not those ones. It had hatch green chili and onions and onion straws or whatever. And it was actually really good. It was a really good burger. For a baseball game, like the patty itself was like a re- not one of those frozen, yep, Costco shits out of the box or whatever. It was a real like handmade, more like a pub style. It wasn't a smash burger. I, I of course prefer a smash burger, but um, it was pretty quality for for what it was. Um, I, I was pretty happy with that. But I've, I made that joke about six hundred times, and then it was too hot and humid by the sixth inning, and I was like, "Well, I'm out of my jokes, and um, I'm I'm hot." So I'm leaving. So I left.
1: So you didn't um, see the end result.
0: I didn't. I believe the uh, isotopes won nineteen to five, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but it was it was like six to five when I left. So I, <laughs> I guess I missed a big outburst from from the topes. Um, not that I really care either way, but you know whatever. Um, So it was fun, whatever, nice ball, nice ballpark. It was very, with the monsoon season being here, it's just very, it's kind of slightly muggy um, and it doesn't really, you wouldn't notice it in a normal climate, 15% humidity, but when it's 108, the 15% humidity comes up big um, versus like being almost zero most of the time. So you really can tell when there's any moisture in the air, it's very unpleasant. Um, So I got out of there. (laughs)
1: <laughs> Fair but enough.
0: Yeah, that was my ball, my ball game experience. Um, Tony, uh, we got one, one more, one more important sports thing I got to bring up with you. Is that the NBA draft was last week? Did you get you catch any of the big news out of that thing?
1: Of course, I caught the big news. What did I say about your dude out of Purdue, Jade Nivey? He was not going yeah. to end up in Sacramento. Now, did I know yeah. that Sacramento weren't going to? Um, actually make a decent pick there. Look, don't get me wrong, Keegan Murray going to be a, a decent and player.
0: But, I didn't like that one either.
1: But surely Sacramento could have traded down to get Keegan Murray at five. At least, at least try and bluff that they were going to take him, but everybody knew that yep. they weren't going to take him. I said it on the <laughs> podcast before that they weren't going to take him. A uh, bit of intrigue around the top of the draft with um, – The um, the the shock of Pablo Banquero going one, um, and Jamari Smith going three. Uh, Can't say we were shocked with number two. Okay, see you guys.
0: I will get to see see those two play each other. uh, I believe a week from tomorrow, Uh, the uh, the the Magic and the Rockets. I think are playing in the first summer league game. So. Uh, I'll, get, I'll be able to get a look at them. I actually did not love that Bankero pick. I, no. <laughs> isn't there something? Does he give you a Michael Beasley vibe? Something oh, like that? Oh, like cool.
1: Yeah. Rudy Gay, Michael Beasley kind of guy. Yeah,
0: Rudy Gay. You know, I mean, he just has a, you know, Which kind of fine. slick offensive player, but with no, um, really can't stay on the court for yep. defense. You know what I mean? Like, oh, he's totally a better kind
1: of defense than, than, um, Jabari Smith Jr. He's he is probably out of those top three, probably middle of the road offensively and defensively, where Chet Holmgren is one defensively, three offensively, and, and Smith's the reversal of that, Smith Jr. But the um, interesting parts for me is probably parts that went unnoticed by you were the two Aussies that got drafted. Um,
0: and yeah, we had Dyson Daniels. Dyson yeah, Daniels, and, and, and then there
1: was a. Orleans. A guy, late, late second round, I think, pick 57 from the Perth Wildcats. Don't even know his name. So that that was exciting to see another Aussie get drafted. Oh, it's
0: Luke, Luke Travers.
1: Yeah, sounds like a country oh, musician if oh, ever I've heard one.
0: Going to Cleveland. Yeah, um,
1: whether he stays on the roster or, or gets a two-way contract, I'm not sure being picked that late. But there was also a couple of NBL players that, that got their shot. Usman Jang got... Um, taken by OKC at pick 11 uh, Played For the New Zealand Breakers in the NBL So that's a good endorsement of our league So that that was an exciting uh, Pick up that we've, right. we've got a couple that's of good. We, we generally Over the last three drafts We've had at least one NBL player taken in the lottery So we had Usman Jang at 11 um, Lamello at whatever Pick he was taken Oh John- yeah and Josh Giddy came out of the NBL as well.
0: Now, now, who who's your steal? You got any steals in this draft? You think anyone got a real real deal here in these in any of these lower first round picks? I actually thought Jovic was sort of an interesting one with Miami. Of course, Miami gets him, so you're like, shit, now here we go.
1: Yeah, I, I think Jovic is overrated because of his name because. It's, it sounds it's like so, Jokic. Yeah, it's so similar to Jokic. Am Same I overrating first name? him because
0: Miami took him? Because in my, whenever Miami and San Antonio take a guy late in the first round, I sort of cringe and I'm like, shit.
1: I think I think people like overrate their personal opinions of of seeing a guy one time and or yeah. or like watching a mixtape. I think because. What are we talking about? Basically, from from anywhere from pick 16 down to 60, nobody really watches a great deal of that draft unless it's your home, Amada, or there's some sort of fascination there. But look, we're not going to know who is the next Draymond Green second rounder. That, that comes well, out of Butler. The, Jimmy Butler. The, those guys don't develop in their first year, and it's not going to be the guys you expect. It's not going to be the guys that um, – it's not going to be a Jeremy Sohans even. it's, They're just going to come out of nowhere with, with long-term yep. development. Could be a tie-tie Washington. He could, be, he could be out of the league within six weeks. It's like it's just a fucking lottery when it gets that deep in the draft. Top 15 picks, 70% of those – players are going to have a role in the NBA in, in three years time. And probably 60% of the players are going to be on an NBA roster in five years time. And maybe 40% of those will be starters with the team. Maybe if it's yep. a really deep draft,
0: that's it's always the case. And it- you're hoping you get a contributor. I think if you're out of the top, if you're not in a lottery and especially if you're out of the top, like eight, um, yep. I think you're just, so, you're hoping you get a guy who, who will, uh, if, if you're in the top 15, you're hoping for a starter, you know, maybe a decent player, and then after that, you're like, I need a guy, let's get a guy who can maybe play for the team in the rotation, top, a top eight player for the next 10 years, that's not a bad career for
1: yourself. That's a huge bonus yeah. out of the top 15. But it's, uh, the interesting sort of thing is in this draft, was there anybody that's going to be a home run? I don't know. It could be one of those those drafts, like the Wiggins draft. That was um, there was no home runs out of that draft. There was a handful of players that have become good, solid roti- rotational yep. NBA players, but not a single one of them was a home run. And yep. it could be one of those drafts where there's not a home run amongst them, but they it runs fifteen deep, um, yep. or it could be a really really shallow draft. I, I don't think it's going to be like a eighty two draft. Or an 84 draft. No, it's whatever. it's going
0: to be the, a total ass draft, yeah.
1: It's not going to be a Jordan draft where everybody was good and the only guys that sucked were because of injury, like um, Sam Bowie. Yeah,
0: Sam Bowie. I like the Bulls pick. I think they were smart with that pick. They, that guy should be able to do something for them sooner than later.
1: Who did you pick up again? Um, I'm trying to remember. Uh, Day- Day-
0: Daylon Terry from Arizona. Okay. Uh, who, I th- who I think is sort of in the mold of like Io, only a little bit taller, so he's more of a wing defender type Yep. Um, but he'll be able to come off the bench and guard and the Bulls probably, if they're going to bring back Levine, they're going to need some more lockdown defense to sort of Sliding around, some of those guys. So yeah, um, um, I like I, him as a ad. He'll he'll play yeah yeah you know, once in a while.
1: That's why I thought Dyson Daniels was so valuable. I, like yeah. in most drafts, like eight eight's a reach for him. But everybody needs wing defenders now, and that's the one thing that he does. He's a great wing and defender. His,
0: his mom was hot. Was a fox man. <laughs> Yowza. Yeah, did you see his mom? Yes.
1: <laughs> I've seen a little bit Yeesh. more coverage of him.
0: Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> it was so awkward cause I'm sitting there watching it and I'm like, this is so awkward with like they're walking out or whatever in the red carpet stuff. And I try not to be old codger about it. Cause I'm like, this is so stupid. Just draft the guys, whatever. But then I'm like, it's like the most important day of these people's life. You know, like there will never, there's the likelihood that these 15 guys have a more impactful moment in their life than getting drafted in the NBA where the worst case is they're going to make, you know, I mean, listen, even the rookie first year for the top 15, everybody's making in the three, $4 million. Um, uh, so it, it, it's a, a severely meaningful amount of money uh, and will change the rest of their life forever. So I get, I get why they make it a big deal now. So it's probably good that they do that. But then again, you're also just like, Tell me who they're picking. But then as a third note to that, you also get to see some of the moms. So you're like, oh,
1: all right. it's okay, all right, all right.
0: Uh, so I was kind of cool with that. That was fine. So yeah. The, yeah. the
1: one thing I will say is I don't like the way that they sort of accentuate the, the clock because apparently OKC, OKC's pick was – um, done within a minute and a half of the first pick going in. It's like, why yeah. have that artificial five-minute clock and say, the pick is just in when OKC had their pick in early?
0: Right. Well, and why why give Orlando five minutes?
1: Yeah. That's...
0: They've had, like, so long. <laughs> You've <They've laughs> had months. I mean, it's <laughs> when was the lottery? It was like, it's late April, isn't it, the lottery? I mean, we, we knew what, what was happening here. Early May, yeah. whatever. No, no.
1: I think April. I'm. i just trying to think. Yeah. At least six weeks. So yeah, it would have been.
0: Yeah, it feels April. like they could have. They could have. They probably had it sorted. I. I doubt there was still arguing in the, in the war room. Who are we gonna take? <laughs> you know, they had. They had already figured this out, right? Yeah. So I. Um, I, I, uh, I. I. I think they should. The clock. You. Need, the funny thing is, they shrink the clock down. For the later round, don't they? Yes, they do. <laughs> when you probably need more time to figure out who the fuck these guys, you are like, shit. They took my like other two guys no, I knew. Now they... I have to figure out who uh, who is. You know, uh, uh, Trevor Keels. Am I going to take Trevor Keels? <laughs> you know, uh,
1: I think the the top five are, are pretty much sorted, or top three this year, and then it gets interesting from from that peak back to about pick 16 and then it's just like best fit and and yeah. it, that's why i liked what okc did they they traded three protected first rounders to get in the lotter- lottery again and and that yeah. just makes like the lottery is so much more important than than picks in the 20s and 30s especially in the in the late 20s they they're a a real mis- proposition
0: You need luck for a lot of it, but your luck quotient goes up the farther you go. That's true. So it's already pretty high at the beginning to get like a big star. There isn't one big star in every draft. You know, there's usually some pretty good players. You'll usually find an all-star. You know, in every draft, Uh, probably two. But there's no Giannis in every draft. You're not. Not not, there's a Giannis every decade. (laughs) You know. Well, it's a little bit. You really gotta hope. You know.
1: It's a little bit more often than that. But, like, some years you do get an Anthony Bennett kind of year. Remember when Cleveland took him number one, the 2013
0: yep. draft? draft? UNLV's own, I believe, yeah. Yeah.
1: Like, who else are we going to call a standout out of that draft? Not, not, not Anthony Bennett. Victor Oladipo, solid rotational player. Otto sure. Porto Jr., good six seven eight. Just on the title. sure, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Norland Noel. Uh, ben McLemore, there's still like, playing. Nerlens still playing. Yeah, yeah. Nerlens is still playing. Um,
0: it could be. Yeah. So there's problems. Yeah. yeah. No, I think. The- yeah, you get very good players. I just think that you get the you get the franchise changing player. You know, once every once in a while. And then the thing yeah. is with Giannis, he's like a sixteenth. He's the sixteenth pick. But he's Jokic one of those the second mid second rounder. Yep. You know, so that's two of the best four players in the league, right there. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you never know what you're going to dig up, right? So, and Jimmy, nice. Jimmy's one of the best eight players in the league. He's yeah. a thirty-first pick. You know.
1: Yep, so it's I...
0: it's wild. You never know. Yep. Um, but you're you have better chance you have better shot if you can get like the first pick and pick LeBron. I think that's really what you're looking to do. And it sounds like this guy next year is the guy that they're going to – But they say that every year. Next year they're saying is like a lock lock for
1: a superstar. But they were saying that about Chet because they're they're similar builds. This guy's another three feet taller and he's a better ball handler, but I think he's even skinnier. Um,
0: This Chet is is a scrawny MF, man. Yowza.
1: Yep. But But, yeah, there's there's already talk, I forget his name, um, coming out of France. And it's like, I see him and, like, in one year's time when his game becomes more than a mixtape, everything will be torn apart and it will it will come down to yep. he's just another good player. Um,
0: It'll be the fourth pick or something, yeah.
1: Because yeah. I can't remember the, the last um... time somebody had hype going into the draft that, that, Really panned out the way everybody thought they would. I would say LeBron was the sure. last one where that
0: happened. Like, yeah, that's probably true. Was... I, remember, I mean, remember, remember how crazy everybody was for Wiggins. I mean,
1: yeah, but he didn't turn out, and that's that's my point. No, I know.
0: He's not. Wiggins isn't isn't what everybody thought he would be. No, yeah. I, I totally agree. Um, yeah, I'll, so Tony, I'm going to be there next week. Uh, I've been trying to keep an eye on the rosters. There's actually a handful of NBL guys that have gotten picked up onto the summer league rosters. So I'll try to see if our games. I'm going, I'm going Thursday, and I'm going uh, whatever other day that is Sunday. So I'm going to try to. I'll see if I can hunt down some of your some of your guys. See what I can find. Yeah. Um, Tony, I have one more, one more thing I want to talk about before we go to the discord. It's back on the fast food topic. Um, but I, I, need you to look at this picture of this thing. Um, and, uh, this is from the taco bell, Tony, speaking of taco bell pop-ups, uh, this is our gang over at CNN. We let see, C- we let CNN pick up this story first. Thank you, CNN for, for doing the work for us. We, we need the help. Um, Taco Bell's newest food uses an oversized Cheez-It. Tony, you know what Cheez-Its are?
1: I am familiar with what a Cheez-It is. It doesn't actually look like a Cheez-It. It looks like a sheet of Cheez-Its, if that makes sense. like
0: the- That's pretty much what it is. Yeah. So, uh, Taco Bell is testing a new menu item with its with a beloved snack food. The fast food chain hopes the creation can replicate the success of the Doritos shells. I do love a Doritos Locos Taco. So this thing is a—it's essentially a hand-sized cheese—it. <laughs> Tony's right. It's a six—a massive cheese—it, which is 16 times the standard size, serves as the base for the new big cheese—it tostada. Layers ground beef, sour cream, tomatoes, lettuce, and cheddar cheese on the on the on a giant cheesy on a giant cheese—it. Two fifty. Then they have a cheese—it crunch wrap, which essentially makes a crunch wrap and slides in the big cheese it square for the tortilla. I'm only on uh, that. Instead of the instead of the the tortilla. I think I'm on it. But Tony, my only my only uncertainty would be the balance of you know, you know cheese it's aren't skinny like a um like a tortilla or like a Dorito. There's gonna be a breadiness to this. It's there a is. cracker. Yeah. So that's my only concern. But but Kelly is also in on this. So I think I may be I, I mean, I'll try it. I'm not anti this, but Look, I'm I'm the lone sort of light skeptic on on the on the the um, ability of this thing to deliver. But
1: I get where you're coming from. But what is Taco Bell known for, other than diarrhea?
0: Being fucking awesome and cool. Oh, what is it?
1: Moist meat. Their meat moist. Is-
0: <laughs> yeah, me too. I'm actually known for that also. Weirdly enough. <laughs>
1: And, and, and as you would know, with moist meat, what do you need to do? You need to sop up that moisture one way or another. So, that's where, awful, yeah. so that's where the cheese it comes in. You would be familiar with, with cheese around that area as well. So I think the cheese <laughs> it would act as a great sponge. That's all I'm saying for the moist meat.
0: That's kind of gross though because then you're just going to have like a soft – kind of but there's absorb- enough volume in it it's like okay, so you think it'll stay crunchy it'll okay
1: it's it's All kind right. of that that sort of like that top layer of the cheese it will become completely soggy and like the the remaining 16 will progressively get crispier and crispier i think it's it's okay. it's the perfect thing to slide into that sucker mm-hmm. that's just my view All right.
0: Let's clip, let's clip that perfect thing to slide into that sucker. That's good. All right, Tony, I I think you're right. I would try this thing too bad right now. It's only at the Irvine, California Taco Bell. So um, it's not, not at the, the one location is unfortunately not the Boulder highway Taco Bell uh, next to the Sinclair and the Jack in the box, um, which sucks. Anyways, why don't we head over to our, uh, important tasks of the day. And that's our discord. Nicely done. All right, Tony, what do we have this week? Uh, apparently last week I messed up and did not read the story. No reading. Not really a skill, you know, folks like grammar purists. Oh, they're reading books. Oh, I'm a professor. I can read a book. I okay. can eat hot right. chili well, and nice. read a wow. book at the same time. All right, Ooh. yeah, I can eat I can eat eight ghost chilies and read more in peace. Cool. I can't do either of those things. But um if I had have read uh, maybe the actual lead of the article, I would have read that Gordy Gronkowski, the patriarch uh, of the very same Gronkowskis America's first family of smashmouth football the man who somehow parlayed five orgasms into twelve hundred fifty-eight pounds of relentless physical force—the first father in twenty years to see three of his sons—blah blah blah blah. So, apparently, that line at the beginning of this Esquire article says that uh, Gordy Gronkowski, uh, and it somehow sources that he had five orgasms and got that into uh, this much football player. So, well, um,
1: look, I I think. Grammar purist, I think what we did just pointed out the problem with today's media. We did the Alex Jones thing, and, hey, sometimes it doesn't work out. All you got to do is read up a headline. If it doesn't make sense to you at the same time, you just babble for a couple of minutes. That's what yep. we did. Was it entertaining? No. Was it
0: informative? No. no. Was it journalism?
1: <laughs> yes. It's from yes. the Alex Jones School of Journalism.
0: Yeah. And nobody knows journalism like Grammar Purist. He's he's that's one right. of the leading experts.
1: The only thing um, we should have done is actually to be truly authentic to Alex Jones is print out the article onto paper. So we had stacks of paper in front of us.
0: Ironically, um, Gordy, it sounds like Gordy doesn't need any of Alex Jones like special potions. Does he have one that's like load, load burster or whatever, like load maximizer does he have any very close
1: with the name it's called super male vitality
0: okay yeah so it's just like i mean there's shit you will see on i haven't been on wish.com in a while um (laughs) but there's shit on wish.com that's just like um i mean it's like it's 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 i I, it it load maximizer i mean it just says that and it's just like a, a, it shows a big white puddle. I mean, it's, it's very straightforward. Like this will make you shoot more of your nut. Well, um, that's kind of, I'm not sure why that's beneficial. I yeah. haven't quite figured that out. It's just um, more to clean up. I'm not, right. I'm not, not sure. not sure if I figured out why I need more, no. but um, this also makes the assumption not to play too Alex Jones crazy that this man, that he did make have five orgasms. We don't know if this man had pleasure. Or not, we don't know if uh, we just know that um, semen happened. So he could have extracted it out.
1: Yep, uh, this is could true. A,
0: he, could, uh, he could have been storing it yep. somewhere.
1: Could have been a uh, um, artificial insemination herd improvement kind of situation.
0: <laughs> yeah, it might be actually. Maybe they used like an athlete's semen. Maybe they used uh, maybe they used Bronco Nagurski's semen or something I don't well, know
1: what's his name Manning isn't there another Manning coming along
0: Arch Manning now we have yeah. Arch Manning who's like an arch, archangel archangel <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um, I, I did I was proud of my joke when I said it's I can't imagine or I was crazy to think how many pounds of football player I've left in a Kleenex I thought that was a pretty good <laughs> <bit>. it's probably <laughs> zero Yeah, that's right. I guess about zero. Uh, So, uh, oh, Corey, Corey wrote a nice post, but I'm not going to read it It's too long. Uh, I can't can't read all this. I'll read it. Okay. Um, How one man turned five orgasms into a football family. It all started when that awful moment when she broke up with you, all you had to do was ride to the next bar, smack your face with your hand and yell, why can't I see my babies? (laughs) <laughs> no, I'm, I'm having a hard time parsing this one out. <laughs> uh, this, all right. This seems like it's heading to oh, a I'm, I'm having a hard time with the fanfic on this one, but it's pretty good. Maybe Gordy's a creep. I don't know. Who knows? Um, but good stuff there. Um, oh, yeah, yesterday I was in Chicago, Tony. I, was, I, should, I forgot to mention that, but I was in Chicago. Um, for about 24 hours uh, to, um, I was going to say tie up some loose ends, but more like sort of comb the loose end, maintain the loose ends. Um, but I did try to go to Revolution Brewing. Oh, you guys love that, right? Absolutely. Uh, I'll speak for the crowd. Oh, but guess what? what? Uh, I walked down the street to wait for them to open at noon and then walked back and looked at the sign on the door finally, and it said closed on Tuesday. So oh, I got back of the, the L and rode up to Old Irving Brewing and drank a nice beer here, and I'll talk about it in the Lager of the Week. So we're going to save that for a little bit later, Tony. Fair enough. Um, what else did we have last week? Um, oh, we had some uh, – uh, any snacks? Come on. Who's eating – snacks? oh, yeah, this is a good one. Corey did – this is a good post from Corey that that uh, I'm, I'm able to make sense of. Um This is from TGI Fridays. Uh, Will I read this article? Well, we'll find out. But how sushi is totally changing TGI Fridays. Now, Tony, are you familiar with TGI Fridays? You've got
1: to remember, I spent a great deal of time staying at the Orleans. Of course, I'm familiar with TGI Fridays. Oh,
0: yeah, that's right. You stayed at the Orleans? Of course I stayed at the Orleans. Come on.
1: They've got a TGI Fridays. They've got a Fud Rackers. They've got a Subway.
0: Are you a Fuddruckers,
1: yeah. Who doesn't See, love? See, Tony,
0: the a picture of the sushi is one of the one of the sushis with the cream cheese in it. I don't like the cream cheese in the sushi. <laughs> um, you ever have anything like that? You no, ever or... have sushi with cream cheese it's nasty.
1: That is yeah, nasty. Not,
0: not for me, Tony. Um, so it looks like they are doing something with a ghost kitchen situation. Tony, you remember ghost kitchens? Yes,
1: I, I'm. It's something that's still popping up in Australia from time to time.
0: Yeah, we, we have that too. But uh, it, it looks like they're doing some kind of ghost kitchen sushi situation over at the TGI Fridays. Corey said, "Yeah, it looks based on the photo. It looks like they've doused sushi with their classic Jack Daniels barbecue sauce." Yeah, it does.
1: Which, uh,
0: did you ever eat at TGI Fridays at the no. Orleans? Did you no. go to it? No.
1: no. I tell There's you what. The, the seafood bar in the Orleans, it's, it's reasonably priced. It's not top-quality seafood. I forget what it's called, but they have a good clam chowder. Chowder. Right.
0: They have a new – They Brian and I last, about a year ago, went to – they have like a brew like – not a brew pub. It's like a gastro pub type place now called Ballywick or something like that. Um, that was okay. Like, they had some decent beers, and the cocktail whiskey was pretty good, so um, – I also, it was right when Delta variant was taking off and masks weren't like a thing here yet. And we didn't know about it yet. I was sitting at like a six deep blackjack table, like a full blackjack table. um, Unmasked at the Orleans (laughs) right when Delta was starting and I didn't, I didn't catch it, you know, which is a friggin' miracle. I mean, yep. Should have caught something at least. It's the Orleans. But
1: Yeah. yeah. No,
0: no, such, no such luck.
1: Big L's Oyster Bar, I think it's called. The um the um, seafood place right. in the Orleans.
0: Next time next time I'm dodging the street walkers at the Orleans, I'll uh make my way over there. Tony, is there anything else in here? It sounds like um uh, a uh,
1: It was a little a bit good, of bit
0: more good. Did I, miss, did I miss the good stuff? Yeah, the camel toe burger from gamma, Grammar Purist. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> Grammar Purist. You know, we had a picture of the, uh, you know, we were talking about the camel burgers last week, and Grammar Purist comes in with the camel toe burger, which is the burger bun just looks kind of like folded a little bit. Yeah, that's a yeah. that joke. And there's a little bit of an imprint on there. Hmm. That's looking oh and yeah, looking yummy. Uh, Nick Torque excited to get his hands on that one. <laughs> um, all right, Tony, that's pretty good. Why don't we? Uh, why don't we? Why don't we peek at the mail keg real quick to see if there's anything there? But I don't think there is. Nice. So we're just gonna skip it and we're gonna go to our loggers of the week. It's Griffs Blogger of
1: the week.
0: Of the week. all right, logger of the week, Tony. I was just talking about it. Uh, I am going uh, with this one from Old Irving that I had just yesterday. In fact, it is the um, it is the oni oni from not yoni. It's not a yoni. That's a different thing, Tony. That's that's closer to the camel toe burger. What this a, is oni.
1: Isn't that a pizza oven?
0: That's an uni. Oh. Uh. This is a. Um, this was a like a cal. I, I would call it like a California or a Pacific Northwest lager. Actually, maybe like a, we'll call it that. Um. This was a nice pills loaded up with citra and amarillo, and it was. Super tasty, uh, nice and um, bright and refreshing on a warm day. Um, ton of, I mean, they called it an IPL, which I don't think it it was, but um, <laughs> it wasn't could, shitty fine. enough was to be an IPL. <laughs> it was a pretty hoppy pills but it wasn't an IPL. Um, it was a nice uh, pilsner. I love Old Irving. They they actually had a few good beers yesterday. Um, none of them will be the beer of the week, but they're hazy. Was made, I was not familiar with this new cosmic punch yeast. They were using this new cosmic punch yeast in there, in their hazy, which was super nice. And they had a nice West Coast that I sampled too. So shout out to that logger. Check out Old Irving if you're in Chicago. Uh, a guy hanged himself there a long time ago. So Kinda delightful. Crazy to think about before they open. Yeah, it's cool. Cool to cool to have that sitting in the back of your head. Tony,
1: how about you? Any lagers? No lagers, but can I shoehorn in a non-lager beer into this segment? Of course I can. Okay, yeah, our why show. Not? we can do whatever we want. So I'm going That's to right. shoehorn in an ale, and I think it fits because it's super drinkable. But it's in one of the ugliest cans ever, and it's by a brewery that is familiar to me, and I think most Australians. Um, the grand old dame of Australian brewers and that's, that's Cooper's brewing um, sure. and, and they, they throw out limited releases from time to time. Their vintage stuff is really good. Their Thomas Cooper vintages is, is really mm-hmm. good. But in this case um, they've released a Red Ale, a Regency Park Red Ale, They call it uh, it's an old school Red Ale with everything you love about Cooper's. There's good yeast floaties in it. Um, great color. Really old school throwback kind of beer. So I um, just wanted to shout that out. Should be available every fucking way. It's, yeah. it's delicious.
0: You can drink it. I, I, I think I told you, Tony, when I was in New York City years ago, um, I went to this a bar called the Australian and they had a tap line full of Coopers. So you we can drink it here too.
1: Yep. Uh, um, maybe
0: I can <laughs> dig up some damn red lager or red ale.
1: Hey, it's a delicious beer. Let's get on to our... There was was a real mixed bag this week, but I would say... Um, oh. oh, God. There, there, there were a lot of disappointments this week. Hop Rising from Dayton's that was like hopped at every stage. Well, when you like throw it in the brew kettle, you know it's going to fail. Throw it in the laudering kettle, you're just throwing away hops at, It did nothing for me. But I would say it would be the um, Elderflower Abbey Ale from Bacchus Brewing. Um, Okay. It was like a pale ale from 10 years ago that had elderflower flavours to it. So it was an English pale, not an American pale ale. Um, Really drinkable, really kind of delicious, but, but nothing like mega standout that I would instantly line up and buy again. I would get Mm -hmm. this again if I needed to fill out an order. It wasn't an expensive beer, Um, super drinkable, really enjoyed it. But, uh, yeah, a week full of disappointments, I will say.
0: Uh, Brutal. Griff, did you have
1: any better luck?
0: I am going to go with the uh, horse that I had after we recorded last week. Um, It is Palace's Prescient prescient and it was Imperial stout aged in Willet single barrel store pick bourbon barrels for 33 months. Hey, that's almost three years, Tony.
1: It is. Um,
0: it was, uh, yeah, very, very good. a uh, really nice barrel snap to it. Still a little bit thick boy. Cause you know, it's, it's Horace. You're not going to get away with, without a thick boy <laughs> on that one. It's 16.2% Tony. Ooh. Uh, so it was coming in hot. Yep, yep. It, it'll 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 get you, Tony. There's only 28 seconds on this one. What do you think the rating is? Four no adjuncts, adjunct free.
1: Four point four five.
0: That's good enough. Four point three seven, Tony. Pretty good. Um, really, really delicious stuff from them. Um, you know, I really hope they can zone in here this coming year. With this barrel-aged, you know, slightly less heavily adjuncted beers, I think they, I think they have something going for them there, you know, or be, or at least be more judicious with some of the uh, sugar, some of the sweetness adding items like, say, hazelnuts, uh, which tend to add like a sweetness uh, component to it. Go heavier with coconut.
1: <laughs> it's not
0: sweet on its own, bitch. It tastes good. Um, so whatever, but don't just throw a bunch of molasses in the goddamn thing. But yeah, that, that was really good. Uh, kind of honorable mention. I, I wanted to loft out for um, the West coast IPA I had yesterday at old Irving called Sentinel. Uh, really, really, really nice West coast IPA. So pretty, pretty cool. Actually, though. you had a, Sort of under the radar, Chicago brewery, popping out a killer west coast like that. So I was pretty happy with that. All right, Tony. Uh, that's enough about beer for this week, God damn it! Let's move into the important news of the beverage world in hyper-beer nerd dork shit news. Hyper-beer nerd dork shit news. Oh, no. Another thingy went out of business from Boston Beer Company, Tony. Oh, um, no. So, Tony, they are making... I don't even know if you'd ever heard of this one. No, I certainly have um, not. Of, you've heard of Twisted Tea, and you've heard of... Uh, whatever, Truly. Yep. They make that. And you've heard of Samuel Adams, of course. But this one is uh, Be- Boston Beer's Bevy Long Drink. So this is its foray into the... Um, finished long drink segment. Now, one wonder is what is a finished long drink? And I also wonder that because I've seen these things around and I don't entirely know what they are. So, um we're going to look it up while I'm while we're here. We're going to figure out what a finished long drink is uh, it, on, on re- the air.
1: It's refreshing apparently according to the uh, oh, the, uh shit material.
0: It's refreshing? Yep. Oh my god.
1: Um, um it's a cocktail that traditionally consists of gin, grapefruit, soda, and tonic.
0: Oh, that sounds nice. it's like f- a gin and tonic with grapefruit. I mean that's yeah. something you could just order. Yeah. Um
1: it, it was for a sporting event in nineteen fifty two. Did you want to take a guess at what that sporting event was?
0: Oh well, what would the Finns play, huh? Um uh ooh Handball, rowing, uh, skiing. Uh, no, what? none of those.
1: Maybe all of those. Well, not, not the skiing. It was the 1952 Summer Olympics.
0: Oh, it was the whole thing. I, I thought it was like a.
1: <laughs> that was the whole thing.
0: Shit. Okay, here you go. Here's the article I was looking for. Okay. Um, this was to the. This was actually to the. This is the email that went out to the uh, people at. The employees of Boston Beer Company. So Bevy is a great tasting product that is a bit ahead of its time. It's a brand it's it's a new brand in a still emerging segment here in the United States, but we believed in the brand, which is a hybrid of a FMB and a hard seltzer, would take off in 2022. In hindsight, we would have been better off introducing the brand to a select group of markets to learn, nurture, and evolve the brand, (laughs) but took a chance by going national. (laughs) <laughs> it's really funny. As we move forward, you will see that only in special circumstances will we attempt to launch a new-to-world brand in a very young category nationally versus testing it first on a smaller scale. Uh, boy. <laughs> uh, in fact, we plan to bring a rejuvenated and retooled bevy back to some test markets next year. So... This stuff, I see it, it floats around. Um, there's a couple other finished long drinks sitting out there. I couldn't, I couldn't tell you or remember what the brands are, but they're, uh, you can get them at uh, I see them at fucking Wahoos. Um, I've never had one. Yep. It sounds fine. Fun. It's like a gin and tonic with some fucking grapefruit in it. Um, but what, what were they thinking? That's one of the craziest things to read ever, which is,, well, why don't we just launch it to the whole country? Why? You didn't have to pick some places that have like lots of Finnish immigrants or something. No, no, or, you don't want
1: Finnish immigrants. You just want like a, the perfect test bed in Australia. It, it is Adelaide. In America, I think it's Minnesota of all places that has that's
0: that's well, the test market you, you want to go. You might into. get lucky because there are a lot of Finnish immigrants there, so you're fine. But yeah, Minnesota or do it in wherever, you know, somewhere like that because this is not a it's just hard for me to think of somebody from rural anywhere drinking this. You know what I mean? I don't know well, who cares about this. There, this is a very cosmopolitan uh, seltzer brand. And, and it's, a, that, it's highfalutin seltzer. But that was going to be my next thought process.
1: Who could you see drinking this? Rural bumpuck? <laughs> no. Um, in a city? No, it's got no trend or no pop or sizzle there. Suburbia, maybe, maybe it's like middle American suburbia. I think it's like a white wine spritzer.
0: Yes, I think that's who it's for. It's like it could be for moms. It could be like a you know, yeah, it's for the fucking euchre game or the Tupperware party or something we keep around. I don't know, you know, but it's not quite seltzer, so it's not fun like seltzer. And it's not, you know, beer, which is, you know, has its own collection of fucking shit that comes along with it. There is, it, it's somewhere in this, like, no man's land. Because I don't even think it fits into, like, your traditional canned cocktails area. They yeah. tried to fit it into this seltzer middle ground. Seltzer or It would be too. better off in, like, with the Smirnoff cocktails or something but, like that or or whatever, which it, it's just strange, so what they did to this. So
1: Now, question... Um, What's your Euchre game like?
0: What's my Euchre game like? Yeah. Um, I think the last time I played Euchre, uh, both of my grandparents were still alive, and uh, I was maybe 11, uh, and I was uh, bad at it.
1: Really? Don't put the cap before the horse, and it'll all be good.
0: I can get – but listen, I'll know what cocktail to bring. The yep. finish long drink.
1: You might not know your left bow from your right bow, but you know your finish long
0: drinks. Yep. Yeah. Yep. No, I'm better at I'm better at like spades. That's really a game for me. Five hundred uh, is the
1: game we play in Australia more than UK. Very similar card games, but yeah, it's yeah. our go to card game for the most part.
0: Yeah, I get you. Hey, maybe you go and do your like winter sewing party, make a big heavy scarf in Minnesota, and drink a couple bevvies. You know, it's really, really what you're looking to do. Uh, all right, Tony, that's yeah, enough on that. Uh, although I will say, also about Boston Beer, uh, they, their most successful brand or new brand is uh, Twisted Tea. Which guess how they released that? Uh, segment by segment, uh, really? pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> little little pockets of the country at a time. They released Twisted Tea until it became very popular. So very funny to think about that.
1: I thought you were gonna say right. it was Moonshot. Wasn't that a Boston Beer Company brand? You know, the beer with caffeine in it that, that wasn't oh, just I don't malt know, But
0: I, I forgot about that. That's crazy. All right, Tony. This is the news everybody's been waiting for us to get to. Yep. It's the big news of the week. But Japanese beer brand Sapporo uh, acquires Stone Brewing for $165 million. So Stone Brewing has been bought. Uh, the, uh, the years and years of, um, posturing from Greg cook uh, has ended. He has, uh, you know, after many years of trying to find a buyer, they have finally, finally sold out. So, so the idea here is to, uh, merge the fan favorite craft beer brand, uh, with Sapporo's expanding profile of beverage options. It's a top selling Asian beer brand in the U S um, under the agreement, Stone will continue to circulate its existing products and retain its current employee base. In a press release, Sapporo states it intends to double Stone's brewing Starry Stone's current production to 360,000 barrels by the end of 2024. They'll still expect the same beers to be available. Uh, the seven tap rooms and the World Bistro and Gardens will uh, that are under that name will continue to operate as before. Uh, Stone Distributing is independent from the brewery and will become an independent company under its current ownership. Uh, That's interesting. Now, Sapporo also owns Anchor, something to point out. Yeah. Um, So I would suspect the possibility of maybe some unionization with Stone because Anchor has unionized, of course, Uh, Interesting stuff, Tony. So what's your reaction to this? Greg Cook, I mean, he's always been kind of a bastard. He's always, you know, this is obviously there's the big hypocrite vibes about this. How much do I care about that? I don't know anymore, you know. Everybody's done it. That's that's so played now, you know. It's kind of funny to have a laugh at his expense, but whatever, you know. Um, Does this matter to you? What is this for you? You This doesn't
1: matter. Stone weren't bleeding edge They they weren't even like a fat tire or a Sierra Nevada. Like they, they were just sort of like they were hip 10 to 15 years ago and they, they survived and, and thrived and it found their place in the market. And I thought they were comfortable and it's just like, it's going to be sold off and it's going to go through sort of that anchor process where they redesign the range uh, minimize it and take something without personality in the first place and inject no personality into it and still sell it. So it's it's no big loss. It's not like taking a a brand that, that's putting out great stuff and then strangling them. It's You're going to get your same stone beers. You're going to get your same – like the only thing that I found exciting from stone has been their stouts over the past couple of years, woot stout and – and the cocoa vasa stout they've been yeah, the only two things pack, that yeah. of of note coming out of them I, like it's just a like it's the brewery for 2004
0: yep uh you know i always loved i always loved ruination um that was always a favorite of mine yep um i remember old guardian being a big deal for a while the barley wine getting vintages of old guardian um, um, stone Imperial Stout, I remember that. Stone Russian Imperial Stout, getting vintages of Stone RIS.
1: But what you're talking about is the um, Mitch Steele era, and Mitch Steele's been gone yeah. from
0: Stone for a long time. He's been gone forever, yeah. Uh, lately, it's all IPA, right? It's enjoy buys. It's yep. enjoy after. It's, uh, um, yeah, wheat stout and fucking other thing, right? Yeah, uh, Jokoveza. nothing of particular Hyper relevance. They did a re-release of Sublimely Self Righteous recently. I was like, that's kind of fun. Um, but beyond that, I don't know. One hundred sixty-five million. What do you think of the number?
1: It's. I think it's bang on. Actually, I, I don't think they overpaid. No, Stone wouldn't wouldn't get ripped off. I, I think that, that's right where that brand's worth in the marketplace. I think they'll get. They four. had a lot of debt. So uh, I know that. Too. Yeah. So the probably getting a discount because of the debt, but they get the name stone. It's, it's got shelf recognition here in Australia. It's got shelf recognition in America. You, as long as you don't fuck up the brewery, I think you'll be fine.
0: Stone IPA at the casino or at the airport is still a pretty decent beer to get in your hands. Yep. Funny enough. So uh, maybe there's some value in that. Just getting that more proliferated. I'm not sure, but uh, he used to be, I mean, Greg Cook used to be a real pompous dickhead, and he still is to a degree, but um, he would jump on the table. You've seen those videos, right, yeah. where he's hollering at bars and shit, yeah. And then they had that, remember, they had the brewery in Berlin for a while, that that failed miserably, and now Brita Dog owns it, and they're going to they're gonna about to be headed down the toilet, too.
1: For um, other reasons.
0: Yeah, not good, but listen, that's all right. I hope all the you know what who I'm rooting for is the people who work for Stone. Hopefully, they get yep uh, a fair shake out of this. Uh, that people they don't get all their places closed down. They keep making beer. They make more beer, and everybody uh, gets gets out of it what they what they need. And it doesn't become too generic. I think so. I still think Goose Island is the worst example of the of the whole situation. I know that they had to be the guinea pig but they became so generic and flat and untru- uninteresting, <laughs> <laughs> but, truly amazing how that happened. Yeah. But, um, I haven't seen that happen to anyone quite like that. Um, maybe you could say like some of the other little ones that like AB or, or whoever was buying like St. Archer or whoever, but nobody cared about them anyways. No. Um, it's just so weird, but yeah, hopefully stone IP, as long as stone IPA remains better than goose IPA, I think we're in good shape. So, Fingers crossed. I'm, I'm hopeful for that, Tony. Um, well, all that said about about Stone, I thought we'd play a little untrapped game about our old favorites there from Stone. Why don't we Why don't we push push Tony down the well and uh, give him a little quiz on some of his favorite beers from the year 2000?
1: Everybody, put your hands in the air.
0: Wow. All right, Tony, three beers. Hang on, was that a harmony from Timmy there? Yep, like Timmy, Timmy, Timmy O'Toole. Yep. Um. I uh, I have three beers here. Three of your favorite beers from the year two thousand. From the year two thousand. <laughs> Uh, we have uh, three of your favorite stone beers, Tony. You're gonna love these. These very well could be beers you drink, which is a rarity for you. On uh, yeah, on this on this portion of the podcast. So we're gonna start with. Uh, oh my god! Do they not oh have? Oh my god! Dude, you can't get you, you can only do ruination 2.0 but we're going to do ruination 2.0 okay. because they must have just updated a regular ruination to be the current ruination 2.0 but so Tony this is stone ruination this was my favorite of the whole series. This is from an era of double IPA that uh, you will this this is all this is now just called IPA. this is just <laughs> a different IPA. Uh, Oh it's 8% that's just IPA. Uh, but now it's eight point five percent, one hundred IBUs. If I recall, my you know I have a good memory for this stuff. If I recall, it used to be seven point seven percent,
1: yes, and one hundred
0: right. IBUs. Yep. Uh, this is, but this is Stone Ruination Double IPA two I think they just merged them all together. Tony, this has one hundred and ninety six point one thousand check ins uh stone ruination ipa was the first full-time brewed and bottled west coast double ipa on the planet as craft beers evolved over the years so too have techniques for maximizing hop flavors and aromas for the second incarnation of a ground india pale ale we employ dry hopping and hop bursting to squeeze every last drop of piney citrusy tropical essence from the hops that give this beer its incredible character We've updated the name to Stone Ruination Double IPA 2.0 to reflect the imperial level intensity that's evident in every sip. Join us in cheering this—the the second stanza in our liquid poem to the glory of the hop. Yep, 196.1 thousand check-ins on this one, Tony. Okay. So.
1: Now, how many we, times have you checked this beer in? Zero.
0: Zero. I've never zero. checked this in. Actually. Yeah, I. I'm not. I, I know I've drank it. Uh, but I think most of my times I've drank this beer, I'm not shitting you, were pre untapped. what would have been 2011. So, yep. um, yeah, pre untapped.
1: Okay. The one thing that Stone sticks in my mind for has to be the big IVU count. They were the first of the IVU yep. chases, and this this was tippy top of the heap. <laughs> um,
0: but um, uh, I would say the now I will point out Yep. just. Un, un, um, uninvited here that uh, the, the 100 IBU beers from Three Floyds were so much more bracing, but I loved them. So Arctic Panzerwolf, yeah. Sumerian Sabretooth Berserker were fucking so burning burning bush taste, um, and I adored them. They were lovely.
1: But IBUs is only a measurement of hops. It's not of overall all bitterness. Right.
0: They were totally different beers, yeah. Yeah. and that's kind of a proof of that. IBU is a very um, difficult... Uh, it's an... It's- imperfect measurement we'll yeah, say
1: it, yeah it's the wrong metric really to be to be using but hey we we still use it to this day taking all that into account um stone's trendiness um wavering and even this beer going through sort of two two phases i'm going to say this comes in under 4 but a smidge under 4 4.86 is where i have it coming in Sorry, 3.86. I yeah, 3.86. Like, okay. Well, that would be one of the highest ring beers ever on untapped at 4.86. but 3.86
0: is where I have it coming in. Tony, that is incorrect. Oh. Uh, this one, uh, you were you would have been wrong. Well, I would have given it to you if you actually had been a smidge under four, because this is four on a dot. 4.00. Oh stone ruination double IPA.
1: There you go. Lots of love out there
0: for that. It I mean I, oh, no, I, 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 might, I might give it another spin here. See what see what see what I get out of it. So let's do uh, let's do another old classic, an okay. old boy here. This one another, is probably. called Stone Sublimely Self Righteous yeah, Black this. IPA. 8.7% 90 IBUs. This has 103.4 thousand check-ins. First brewed in 2007 as the Stone 11th anniversary ale. This ale was an instant hit with us. Other folks with great taste loved it too, but we were focused on how much we liked it. We felt it was truly sublime. That euphoria didn't last long though, as it was soon replaced with the green reality that when we sold out of it, there wouldn't be any more. Uh, And that was simply unacceptable. So we are now blessing ourselves and you, the enlightened, with this ale. Thusly, you may now revel in your own self-righteousness as you see fit with this glorious example of ours. So, Tony, this was what we used to call, this was a new style of beer. Yeah. If you'll recall, this was called, the, the style of beer was called the Escondidian Black Ale. Or
1: the Cascadian Dark Ale.
0: Or the Cascadian Dark Ale, Gale and Gale, and this was uh, because Stone, of course, based in Escondido, yeah. California. So uh, this was a whole new style of beer. This was this style popped off briefly, um, and I do think what I will say is I think it made I think porter and stout have become slightly hoppier over the years because of this beer, at yes. least porter. And brown ale. Um, I don't know if black IPA didn't really stick around, although it's had a little bit of a little like settling back in where people are sort of like, oh, it's interesting. I would drink that again, you know. But, um, but I don't think, I think it's a little too con- cloudy in yeah. terms of taste, if that makes sense. A little too convoluted flavor to drink a lot of it. Anyways, I last drank this, Feb- I, I do have a check into this, Feb 24, 2012. Uh, at the Tap House Grill, Tony. Mm. Um, yeah, one hundred check-ins. Yep. This originally. is a style,
1: style I don't like. Um, I think some of what you're saying about, stouts and porters, is true. I'm not sure whether it actually led to the um, hoppiness of the brown ale. I think that was happening independently, actually, on the home brew scale. Yep. There was a guy, um, Tasty McDowell, who... Um, over 20 years ago was pushing this American brown ale style um, yeah. that, w- that was different to the Cascadian dark ale or the escandido sure. dark ale or, or the black IPA, let's call it what it maybe, is.
0: Maybe more so it just led to doing other things hoppy. I remember yeah. the brief, remember the white IPA that also came out of this Yeah, that was quite but But um, what I... Yeah.
1: I want to say is I don't like this style it's it's not my no. cup of tea, so there's going to be some personal bias. Do I think any of these beers are badly rated? No, do I think this first ten thousand check into this beer scored above a four probably
0: ninety
1: thousand so, cents yeah yeah, ninety thousand cents. I'm going to put this um, again in the four point eight region, but I'm going to go lower four point eight three. 3.83, 3.83, 3. 3. 3. 3. I've done it again. I want to go under
0: 4, 3.83. 3. You're a you're 100th off, Tony, bad news. <gasps> 3.94 for sublimely self-righteous. So these are coming a little higher than I think than you might have thought, huh?
1: Yeah, I, I think, I think um, Stone holds a little bit more weight than what I thought, but there's personal bias against that style. It's just not my cup of tea.
0: I get you. I get you. Why don't we? Ooh. All right. Let's jump to, um, oh man, what do I want to do here, Tony? I got like three options here, but I don't know. I don't know which one's my favorite. Let's do this one. All right, Tony. It's, uh, the one, one of your favorites. You said you, you've already professed to enjoying this beer. Stone Stone Jocoveza. This is a relatively new output of the Stone Brewery, uh, comparatively, anyways. Yep. This in, uh, this one has uh, it's eight point one percent. Only eight point one for one percent. That's surprising to me. Fifty IBUs. One hundred and seventy four point one check ins. This insanely delicious take on Mexican hot chocolate is crafted with coffee, uh, cocaine. Uh, coffee, cocoa, pastilla peppers, vanilla, cinnamon, and nutmeg. First brewed in 2014 with San Diego home brewer Chris Banker after his recipe was named the winner of our annual homebrew competition, it quickly became a cross-country sensation as craft beer media and fans cheered for Stone Jocoveza and clamored for more. We too love this beer, so of course we caroled Claro KC. Aha. <laughs> All right. Now gifted with a new name, Stone Jokovaza for the holidays and New Year has joined our eminent lineup of special releases and so on and so forth. So, Jokovaza 8.1%, 170, almost 175,000 check-ins. This is to get you you're already fucked. You're already stuck in the well. You'll you'll also too, so you we'll see what you can get out of this one.
1: This is just to get two Wi-Fi bars. Um mm-hmm. let's 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 go above 4.
0: This This is to get a week of (laughs) Brazzers.
1: I'm going to go uh, 4.15. That's where I I think it comes in. I rate it higher than that. But I think the chilli pepper in it and the cinnamon, I think that's going to deduct a few points. Delicious beer, 4.15. 4.15.
0: All right, buddy. Looks like you're only getting a, a three day free child trial of Bang Bros. Uh, it's a four point oh three on Stone Jokovisa. So all the beers are pretty sort of locked within a tight range they <laughs> between really are. about three point. Uh, let's do a quick rapid fire on a couple other Stone. Okay. Ones. I just I, you you just you know these already. Stone Stone IPA
1: three point nine. Eight,
0: not quite. Three point seven seven. That one has too many check-ins. Four hundred and twelve thousand check-ins for Stone IPA. Uh, how about Arrogant Bastard?
1: Oh, oh. Trendiest of trendies to the most und- untrendiest.
0: Uh, From strange, strangest tasting beer.
1: Four point zero one.
0: Three point seven. Crazy. <laughs> Isn't that bizarre? That is. And then uh, their last. Their their last thing they sold out on, these what what is it what was the stone what Which was the staff? stone logger Oh no, wasn't it the stone fizzy something? <laughs> You're telling the story. Did Stone have a Stone has a lager, don't they? Oh. No, I thought they had like a fizzy yellow something or other. Now they just have this buena. Oh, here you go. You'll like this one. Buena Vesa Salt and Lime Lager. How about that? That has about 88,000 check-ins.
1: Oh, so w- what we're talking, Miller Chill here, but mm-hmm. for Stone, 3.68. Yep.
0: 3.38. People don't like that one. I did have that on draft, and it was quite gross. <laughs> um, so there you go. Stone's a hard one to guess. It's going to be a tricky yeah. one. Um But those are, uh, so I might take another look at Ruination. The rest of them, I could take or leave at this point, honestly. I'll probably drink a a Stone IPA at the, like, if I'm for some reason at a casino bar on the Strip. That's all right. I'll, I'll go with that. All right, Tony, I think we have done the Lord's work again. Why don't we wrap this thing up? Can you tell people where to find us?
1: They can find us on Untap. That's the place where we're checking in beers. Hopefully next week will be a better week for the beers that I check in. And you can find me at st moz on untapped you can find the man across from me virtually griff ad on untapped um, and he'll be checking in some horace no doubt you can follow us on instagram at beer engine pod you can shoot us an email beer engine at gmail.com if you want to become part of our discord server and don't like interacting with us via email give us a tip uh, that's ko fi.com forward slash beer engine podcast. All the links are available at the website. Um, Griff, any other topics that you want to cover before we wrap this sucker up? How was your frame pills? It was
0: delicious. It was delicious. And Tony, right now I just opened up this amalgamator from Beechwood Canned 615 That's cool. Um, and it's tasting lovely. It's uh, got a massive dry hop charge of mosaic. Hell, yeah. Nice. Sounds good. All right. Oop, we have Griff. Gang, we will talk. See you later. Bye.
1: Bye. Griff froze right at the end. That was great. Perfect timing. Adios. Okay, Another bye. Of-
0: See you.